Welcome to episode 19, you guys. You are going to absolutely love this episode with the incredible Erin May Henry. We got to interview her and Lozzie and I were just like gobsmacked at the end of this interview with just how much knowledge and truth bombs and golden nuggets Erin handed to us. So if you're going on like a morning walk or you're driving listening to this, I am going to suggest that you have a notepad and pen and pull over and just chill out to listen to this one because it is such a good one. If you don't know Erin, she is an Australian YouTuber, podcaster and business mentor for female creators and entrepreneurs. And she is a true entrepreneur at heart. In 2016, her journey begins once graduated Graduating with a degree in business and public relations. And Erin decided not to join the rest of her peers in the hunt for internships and graduate positions and whatnot. So instead, she decided to create her own social media marketing agency. This later transformed into a coaching and mentoring business, which has now helped thousands of women all around the world build their brand and business of their dreams. Today, Erin continues to document her entrepreneurial journey for hundreds and thousands of people on her YouTube channel where her mission is to help people be unapologetically themselves and pursue the purpose they were put on this earth to fulfill. We talk about so many things in this interview, including tribe and community, savings, financial literacy, transitioning from, you know, having a side hustle to making it your full-time thing. I really, really love this episode and I can't wait for you guys to listen to it. So if you love this episode as much as we do, please give us five stars and give us a little bit of a review on the iTunes app because the more reviews we have, the more incredible people we can have on the show to interview for you guys. Don't forget that you can follow us on Instagram at Babes Talking Business. And we actually shout out a review of the week every week. So make sure you include your Instagram handle if you do give us a five-star review so that we can shout you out with our tribe. You can also hop over to our website, www.babestalkingbusiness.com, where you can learn a little bit more about BTB, our mission, and what we're all about, what we stand for, and of course, our global upcoming events that we have all around the world that you can be a part of. Come and meet us. Come and hang. Come and chat. We would absolutely love to mingle with you wherever our upcoming events are, if they're in your area. I can't wait for you to listen to this episode, so I'm going to wrap up there. Let us know what you think and enjoy. Awesome. Okay. Erin, we are so pumped to have you on the show. Thank you so much for giving us some of your precious time to let us interview you. Thank you so much for having me. Honestly, you girls are so much fun. I just love this. Love, 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 love. If I was going to give my time up for anything today, it would be for you guys. Uh, uh. Oh, you're so cute. I'm so excited today. I've been mm. watching you online for a few years now, do your thing, and you're inspiring such a movement of passionate entrepreneur babes who have been wanting to start business or are already in business. And I love the way that you do it in such a boss way, but yet you're so real and mm. raw in the way that you share your personal journey. So I'm so excited to delve into that today as well. I'm excited. Honestly, I just think that's such an important thing for anyone who's, you know, 
documenting their journey as a digital entrepreneur online is to be real and raw and authentic. And it's just so, it's so lovely to hear you say that because I see so many people really trying to go for the whole authenticity thing. And it's like, it, it you know, it sometimes feels like it's in, a little too intentional. So to hear you guys say that, you know, you do realize the passion and the rawness that comes with this, it's, it's a huge compliment. Thank you so much. Yeah. It's, and you're not only out there just showing and shining the light, but you have been like a mentor for me and you probably don't even know that. Like, I watch all your YouTubes. Thank you for introducing me to Asana. Like seriously, I always watch your Asana videos and I'm like, damn, like I want that organization in my life. <laughs> Honestly, Asana has changed my life and I actually have to accredit this to one of my friends, Haley, from a business called The Profit Planner. She came in and just like changed my life with that program, Asana. For anyone who's not using it, like, what are you doing with your life, basically? Yeah, pretty much, pretty much. <laughs> and so for maybe those of our listeners who don't know you, Erin, or maybe they've seen you pop up here, there, and everywhere and don't know your story, do you mind if we start right back where it started, where as far as I know it started? I know that you were studying business and you graduated yeah. in 2016. Yeah. Um, tell us what life looked like for you then. Did you have aspirations of what you wanted to do after you studied or what even inspired you to study that in the first place? Yeah, so I went and studied business majoring in public relations completely because of Samantha Jones. Like I literally wanted to do events. Like I thought she was the ultimate boss babe and I didn't even know what public relations was, but when I saw it on the list of available subjects at Swinburne, I was like, that's it, that's for me. <laughs> um, but yeah, I studied business and public relations and I really but as you get older and you progress, you realize it's actually not as, as fun as it looks. Um, so I kind of just was doing my degree. Didn't really, I honestly had no idea what I was going to do when I finished. I just was pretty much like living in the moment day to day. Um, until one day when I was studying, I went to this like compulsory PR event, you could say, which was super boring. Wouldn't have gone if it wasn't compulsory, but thank God I did. Cause it was like, the thing that changed my life, not to be dramatic, but it did. Um, because when I was there, I actually, one thing that always did interest me was entrepreneurship. I didn't really know what it was, but this whole concept of like working for yourself, not having someone tell you what time you need to go to work or when you can take lunch, that to me sounded like a dream. Obviously, I didn't actually know what entrepreneurship was, but that's <laughs> what it seemed like to me. Um, so when I was there, this kind of like speaker from the UK, he had... Um, Dunning's talk, whatever. But one thing he said, which just light bulb moment was, if you're going to be an entrepreneur in this new kind of up and coming, because at the time it was up and coming, digital space, the first thing that you should do is worry about building a tribe, like building a community, building an audience online. That can, If you have an audience, your brand, your personal brand has an audience, you could do anything. It doesn't matter what you want to launch, you can go anywhere. And so I took that incredibly literally and the next day, literally the next day started a YouTube channel. So at the start I was just like doing, you know, the Kayla Zinn's bikini body guide and all of that. And it was fine. But over time, as I finished uni and was graduating, um, I, you know, realized that, well, there's no more uni. I actually need to get some type of job now. And so rather than I'm going to go get a graduate degree or, you know, position or graduate position or an internship or anything like that, I was like, I'll just start a social media marketing agency. I mean, how hard can it be, right? So literally, you know, I'd done – my side hustle had ultimately been when I was studying and working just, you know, you could say a corporate job, but it wasn't 
it was like in the call center of a corporate business, you know what I mean? <laughs> um, so I had been doing social media on five cash jobs, you could say. So I was like, that's fine. I'll just transition that into a business when I, in a legitimate business at that. And so I started and it was great. I got a big client straight away. So you could say like an umbrella brand that had a whole bunch of brands underneath it in the skincare industry. And so it was full-time work, but I wanted to actually build a business. I wanted to build a website. I wanted to do social media and all this stuff. And that was my intention, but I got comfortable with the fact that I had enough work Mm. and then became riddled with fear. I actually had been quite a confident person. It didn't, you know, starting a YouTube channel wasn't like a a big thing for me, but when it came to like putting myself out there, getting new clients, building a website, social media marketing, all of these things for my business, I was like paralyzed in this fear and then came to realize this whole concept of imposter syndrome and all of this stuff. And so therefore I delve deep into self-development work and really trying to figure out what this was, this fear, why was it paralyzing me? Why did I not want to get clients? Why did I think that if I got a client, I was immediately going to fail and disappoint them and then somehow end up in jail or something, you know, you catastrophize, right? (laughs) And then so um, through that kind of like self-development work, when I started to, you know, go through this intrinsic kind of journey, I just fell in love with the people that were mentoring me, like, uh, you know, what you said before about kind of mentoring without realizing mm-hmm. you're being mentored, mm-hmm. the people that were, I was learning from Tony Robbins, Marie Folio, all of these amazing people. I was like, had another one of those moments where it was like a light bulb. And I was like, this is what I'm supposed to do. And so I transitioned my business at the end of 2016, started 2017 to coaching and kind of the rest is history ever since. I've still still got the YouTube channel. It's up and running, obviously creating videos more on Asana now rather than the bikini body guide. But, yeah, so just building the YouTube channel, building the business, coaching people, and, you know, it's kind of just it's all grown into that. It's one of those things that kind of happens over time. Seriously, what you have created and what you've built and in such a short amount of time as well and also coming from that, past of you know the fear and the the fear of failure and the what if I'm not good at this like what you've created is so amazing Erin I love it and I've written down so many things already that I want to ask you about I'm sure Lozzie does as well um let's let's (laughs) rewind a little bit because one of the really amazing things you just spoke about was about creating community and creating tribe and you went to YouTube and actually you just actually won a really awesome award on YouTube what was that award I remember seeing it it was like Uh, so that's when you reach 100,000 subscribers on YouTube they send you like this plug thing like basically just to say like congratulations you reached 100,000 subscribers goals something like that I mean it's definitely good I I don't want to take it for um, (laughs) for granted but yeah no it is like a good achievement and like I, I speak with a lot of people in entre- like who are wanting to build a business and I'm sure you do too now that you're coaching and video is king, right? Like we all have an Instagram and we can share and we can be authentic on there. But how, how did you go around creating tribe and community on YouTube? Because you have such a successful YouTube channel. You give so much value and you have so much knowledge that you give for free on your channel. Has that been a strategy for you, like a part of your business and a part of creating that culture and tribe? 
Absolutely. And I will honestly be an ambassador for video until the end of the earth because I am just so passionate about the fact that if you really want to build a tribe, if you want to build a personal brand, if you want to build a successful business, let's not be naive. You are competing. I know this whole concept of competition is, you know, irrelevant, collaborate instead. However, there are still a lot of other people doing it out there. Where the competition becomes irrelevant is when you get out there and you show up as 100% who you are and you stand in that vision and that power because nobody can take that away. You are your best competitive advantage and you're unreplicable. No one can steal anything that you've ever done when it's on video, right? Mm -hmm. You know, and I just think that video is so powerful as well because it is that one platform that transcends everything. You can put it on Instagram, you can put it on Facebook. But ultimately, to answer your question, in terms of building a tribe, video is so powerful for that because it's not just words on a page. It's not just a sales page, a blog post. It's every single part of your being, every single part of your experience transcends transmuting this message to an audience. And I think that's just what catches on. So if I'm here, even if it's a video about Asana or even if it's a video about, you know, public speaking or something that's very practical, the fact that people can see, hear and feel your passion through the video, it just, to me, it feels like that's what makes it catch on and that's what makes people empowered to share it and tell their friends about it. And then also you know, to further answer your question about the whole value thing, yes, in to a certain degree, that's a strategy, not something that I intentionally did in the beginning, mm-hmm. but now I would say that I realized it works. I do now. Um, but giving so much value is just this whole avenue for building trust with your audience. And the more I give, the more I receive. And a lot of people are afraid to give so much. They're afraid to give so much value. And I get the question, oh, you know, what if no one wants to buy my stuff if I give so much away for free every day? Like I have a client asking me that every single day. And I just don't think the two even relate to one another. I think the more you give, the more people are going to trust you. And therefore, the more people are going to want to buy from you. Yeah. I love this and I think it's so cool we've got this dynamic where we can kind of, we can talk to you about both things, that we, we can talk to you about entrepreneurs starting business, obviously you're working as a coach in that space, but also your coaching business is a business in itself, so talking about your own business journey and how that started off. Mm, yeah. And so one of the things I loved and that you touched before was how you're really real and raw about the fact that you, it came to a point where you were crippled with fear. And I know for a lot of people starting business, um, no matter what business it is, a lot of that comes up for them. And I personally believe that's what stops a lot of people getting to that next level, where if it's, like you said, imposter syndrome or fear of, like, they're not qualified or fear what other people think or fear fear that's not going to make enough money. I'd love to know, I know you said you kind of went on your own personal development journey then, but what were some people that you looked to or resources that you used to help you get through your own fear? Absolutely. So the first person that I found slash already knew because of the movie Shallow Hell, but was Tony oh. Robbins. Like I'd seen a bunch of his books on my mom's shelf, like never really knew. I was like, who is this giant? Like, what is he doing? <laughs> but when I started really diving deep into a lot of his concepts, his honestly, the one thing from Tony Robbins that has helped me my entire journey is this concept of reframing. So Mm -hmm. this is like a very meta thought and you really have to think about it for a second. But yes, I was experiencing fear and self-doubt and all of these things. 
But what I made that mean about me and about possibility was up to me. So I think what a lot of people experience is fear and self-doubt, natural human emotions, right? They're never not going to be there. However, a lot of people say, well, this fear and that I'm not, that I'm going to work out, that I'm unqualified. Or on the contrary, and what I learned from Tony Robbins was that you could experience those emotions, which will always be there, and you can make that mean that I'm going in the right direction, I'm doing something outside my comfort zone, I've got an opportunity for growth, I've got an opportunity to challenge myself. And it was just honestly that one concept, that one small detail that I was like, I can choose to make my emotions mean whatever I want them to mean. And so, yes, I can experience these fears and self-doubts, and I can just move forward or I can say stuck just doing the same thing over and over again, which unfortunately is what most people do. I love that. I don't know if you know, but my background's in psychology. So I love this stuff. I really love helping people understand their emotions. Yeah. And I remember especially working with women in health, but also in business. And they think that people who are successful don't have like Melissa calls it that mastering your mean girl, but we all have that ego. We've got like the yeah. angel and the devil on our shoulder and, it never goes away, but we, like you said, we just learn to reframe what it's saying or just like not buy into the story. And I know for me, one of my most effective preframes, because I get anxious really, really easy. People don't think it. And I, I just learned to preframe that anxiety or fear. And I just say, that's just excitement without breath. If I breathe into it and then reframe it and say, that's excitement, something fun's about to happen, then I get to kind of change what all those feelings and emotions mean. So it's so powerful. Yeah, and, and on that, I think also a lot of people like that that physical, physiological feeling of nerves or like fear when it comes up, maybe when you're doing something like public speaking or you're going to go on your first podcast interview or your first coaching call. Just like you said, a lot of people can kind of translate that into this isn't right, I shouldn't be doing this. And again, that's going to lead to them stalling or they like you said breathe into it and it actually comes out way more magnetic when you have those fears and when you have those nerves I think people when they get a little too comfortable become a little apathetic towards a lot of things so it's like if you can embrace that nervous energy if you can embrace those fears that are coming up within you and learn how to transcend them into something more powerful you can actually be a very successful and quite charismatic entrepreneur yeah, so true. And I think research has even called it optimal stress. You're only yeah. the queen of optimal stress for you to perform really well. So I love it. I love it. <laughs> so this is a question that comes up with the girls that I mentor all the time, um, especially people who are still, they're trying to build their business and it's a side passion project or, you know, it's a little side hustle for them and they want to do all these things. They want to start the business and do the personal development and they want to do the YouTube videos and, and give the content. And there's just all these balls that they want to juggle. And I just feel like looking at you, you just done such an incredible job of mastering all of this, especially because I have watched your Asada videos. So I know how organized you are. How, how do you go about like, you know, juggling all the balls? the YouTube, the podcast, the business, the clients, the everything, the content creation. What's um, what's one of your top tips for someone who does want to do all the things but are possibly maybe kind of struggling with time management? I love that. And I want to talk about, I'll tell like my practical time management tips in just a second, but I think this is actually a mindset, this whole concept of being able to juggle all the balls or per se, or spin all the plates. It a hundred percent is a mindset. And the mindset that I believe that you need to adopt is whatever you're doing 
be there. And this is actually something that my mom taught me a long time ago when I was younger, because obviously every human being is busy. We all have a lot of plates to spin, but where we get stressed and where we let it overwhelm us, which actually leads to procrastination is the fact that if I'm here with you, two beautiful ladies today, and I'm thinking about my clients or I'm thinking about all the things that I have to do later, that's going to make me stressed. Instead, what I can do is I'm here and I can be here and I can do the very best that I can possibly do right now in this moment. And then when I shift to doing something else later, the same goes. And so if you could just put your attention and your focus into exactly what's in front of you and do the very best, like, you know, for example, I have a partner, I have a fiance, um, I'm not a fiance at the moment. I'm a speaker. I'm an entrepreneur and that's what I'm focused on. But when I'm spending time with him, I'm, you know, I'm still an entrepreneur, obviously by nature, but my attention is being on the very best fiance that I can be. And so I think that yes, we can choose to be overwhelmed by the fact that we have a lot of things to do, or we can just try to segment these into mini chunks of our day and just do the possible best that we can do. Stress actually comes from the future or the past, right? And these stresses and anxieties because we're thinking about other things when we're trying to do something else. And so that's just a mindset that you can really adopt is trying to just do the best you can possibly do in any one moment. But on the practical side of things, Asana, yes, is an absolutely amazing tool that you can use. And I guess to really coordinate what I've just said about this mindset is just break things down into big projects. I think we all micro-task things. So it's like, I've got to post on social media today. I've got to write this email today. And it's just hundreds and hundreds of little tasks. When as a matter of fact, it's really only two or three things that we've got to do in these chunks, right? So yeah, okay. I might say I've got to launch something at the moment. That's one project I'm working on. My Instagram is one project. My YouTube channel is one project. And looking at them as their entirety rather than feeling like I've got a thousand little tasks that I need to do. And then going from that, using programs like Asana to break down these projects and just taking each of those mini little chunks and allocating time in your calendar. And again, okay, you might have, what, 10 of those little chunks on your calendar a day, but use the time that you've got, be focused on what you've got and time not to worry about the rest when you're getting something done. Mm. I love that. I think one of the characteristics that I see in successful business owners is the mindset around this topic. And you like it's such such a perfect yeah. conversation to have on the on flow of what we were just talking about in regards to reframing. Because, you know, I talk to so many yeah. women who are like, I'm so busy. I have so much to do. I don't have time. I can't do it. And those words are just circulating in their vocabulary day in and day out. And of course, when you're telling yourself that you can't, that you don't have time, that you're going to fail, all those things come up for you. Of course, that's what you're attracting to yourself. And what I love about what you just said is your mindset around what you're doing is today I'm Erin and right now I'm an entrepreneur and a speaker and later tonight when I'm cooking dinner with my man I am Erin but I am a fiance and I really love that it's having that I guess that dedication or that commitment to the task at hand and having those boundaries and that discipline to say no right now I'm not you know going to check my emails or no right now I'm not going to quickly jump on the computer to do work because I'm having family time or however it is and that is a characteristic that I love and I see all the time in successful people like yourself I love it. (laughs) 
Yeah, and I, and just one thing on that, I think like to really simplify the concept so everyone really can can fully take this away as a tangible tip, it really is just this whole concept of mindfulness that's a kind of buzzword at the moment, isn't it? It's just being here and doing what we're doing right now. Not only is that so good for your mindset and your own mental health because you're not so caught up in the fears and worries of yesterday or tomorrow, but also it's so much better for efficiency. I mean, we've all heard of that concept of flow, you know, like getting things done like if you're in flow to a certain degree if you're just focused and giving your 100% attention you get everything done so much quicker I mean think about how much time you spend uh you know numbing your emotions through scrolling through social media when you're supposed to be writing the email or you know distracting yourself by any task if we just try to train ourselves um to not do those things then over time what actually happens is you create the habit of being someone who's very effective and a very efficient human being Mm -hmm. So, so true. I've got another question I'd love to ask you too. Now in the coaching space, when you are working with a lot of women, I know something you're so passionate about and I see you posting a lot about at the moment is helping women build their tribe. Yeah. And you spoke about that a little bit before. What advice would you give to girls who are trying to build their business on social media, whatever whatever that is? How how do you suggest or how do you recommend they find their tribe and how do you what tips do you give for them to help them build it? Absolutely. This is such a good question. And I am just such an advocate for the importance of tribe, both both for you building a quote unquote following. Obviously, that's super, super important for your own entrepreneurial journey. But for your own entrepreneurial success and your own mindset, you need to build a tribe, a network of people around you. Like, you know, you doing this podcast together and, you know, the business and everything. It's just such an amazing thing. And I really don't know an example of someone who's ultra successful who doesn't have some type of humans invested in what it is that they're doing, whether it's, you know, you know, mentors or people around them in their businesses or anything, anyone who's invested in their business. And so what I would say to do in the very beginning is you have to just put yourself out there. I know it's scary AF, don't worry. (laughs) Specifically when you, I'm not, but I know many people and many of my clients are maybe a bit more introverted, but ultimately at the end of the day, everything you do in business that's going to get you results is scary. I've met so many people at events and created some lifelong friendships that way, but also slide up in people's DMs. Like, Mm -hmm. honestly, I know it's like creepy if some people do it to you that you are unsolicited and you don't want, it happens, but with the right intentions of making new friends and collaborating and things like that, you absolutely can really build an amazing tribe by just Mm -hmm. networking online. Uh, One of my business besties who lives in LA, we've never met in person and we're like as thick as thieves. Like we are so close. We speak all the time. We're like, think we're basically cut from the same cloth. (laughs) Literally I messaged her just on DM was like, Hey, I really, really love your branding. And you know, been besties ever since. So it's just like, you really just have to put yourself out there and don't be afraid of rejection because it's never specifically in the online space. They're not rejecting you. They're rejecting the idea of you or the intention that they think you may have. So people are still skeptical, right? And so if you slide up in someone's DMs and want to start a conversation with them to with the intention of building a friendship over time and they don't reply or, you know, maybe they give you a one-worded answer. Like, remember, it's not as if they know you and then you have 20 years and all of a sudden they're like, I don't like your personality. I don't want to be friends with you anymore. It's simply just a, I don't know your intentions. I don't know you. And maybe I don't have enough time. And so it's more of a concept they're rejecting. So you have to be okay with that as well. So it really is put yourself out there. Don't be afraid to meet new people. And over time, and one other thing I say as well is like, making sure that you are 
not just doing it with the intention of getting benefit. You know, mm-hmm. I don't want to just network with someone just because I want to interview them. I don't want to network with someone just because I want to collaborate with them. It's like build those relationships first and then you never run out of things to collaborate, people to collaborate with or, mm-hmm. you know, anything like that because you've built the network preemptively rather than when you actually need it. Mm. I feel like that was spoken at me because I'm such an introvert. You would not believe one of my <laughs> New Year's goals that I wrote on my New Year's for 2019 was to go to events because yeah. I am, I love networking. My comfort zone is definitely through social media. Yeah. So I had it as my thing this year to go and I haven't been to one yet and it's March. So. <laughs> oh my God. And there's, Hey, there's a league of extraordinary women's event happening like next week in Brisbane. So there you go. That might be a sign. <laughs> <laughs> I love it though. It's definitely one thing I do do every day is it's my goal to make five besties a day online. Yeah. No attachment. No, there's no ulterior motive around it. I just find five girls. I love their vibe. I love how they're showing up in the world. I love that the impact they're making. And I just, Show some appreciation. I think we live in a world where we've never been this connected, but women have never felt this disconnected. We think just because you're going through on your Instagram and you're liking all these pictures, that that's okay. And it's like that girl just poured her heart out to you over a post and you just did a like. Like mm-hmm. why not message her and say thank you for being you? So um, I love yeah. that. I think more people need to do more of that. Yeah, and I so agree with that point, like the whole – we've never been so disconnected. That's actually been one of my biggest struggles as an entrepreneur and why I'm so passionate about helping people build tribe because I am the opposite. I'm actually like almost a hundred percent now, obviously no one's a hundred percent, but I feel like I'm a hundred percent extrovert. Like when people say I get my energy from being alone, I feel like I get my energy from people. Like after a three hour coaching call, I'm like, I need to do something. (laughs) I need to like lift some weights or something. I'm so energized. But being that I was an entrepreneur who worked at home for two years, like that was my biggest struggle. I found myself being extremely uncreative. I found myself very sad a lot of the time with unexplainably as well, which is not a good position to be in and quite burnt out. And it's like, shouldn't you normally get burnt out from doing a lot of things? I feel like I'm getting burnt out from doing nothing. And I realized it was actually just because I wasn't feeding myself that connection that I really needed. And so Again, that's why I'm just so passionate about people building a tribe, having people they can speak to, building a mastermind. Just even one business bestie can change everything for you. Having just someone to celebrate with or to call when things don't necessarily go your way. You guys are winking at each other. It's like the cutest thing ever. (laughs) But honestly, honestly, like, like, because here's the thing. It's like sometimes as well when you don't have someone to celebrate with or to kind of cry on their shoulder – Mm. your emotions start to plateau and so the wins actually don't feel that great and the lows don't feel that bad because it's all just like I've just experienced this only in my own mind so now it's just all kind of one mushed middle emotion and so again for anyone listening I just think the best thing that you can do for yourself before anything is build that network and build that tribe yeah absolutely I love that it's so funny because prior to the way I do business now myself, I was such a lonely entrepreneur. Like I was a little health coach and I had my little health coaching practice and I had no one. I had no one to bounce ideas off, no one to ring up and cry with, no one to ring up and celebrate with. None of my friends at the time were business owners. So I couldn't really like go to dinner with the girls and talk about business because everyone like had a nine to five. And here I am like little old me trying to build a business by myself and it can be so lonely. So 
I love that you have spoken about this and I love that it's one of your biggest messages at the moment that you're sharing because my personal business journey has changed so much in the last three years since collaborating with others and having this cutie as my business bestie and meeting people like you, Erin, and even like your other business bestie, Kim, who now I love hanging out with. Like She's such a cool chick. Like It's just so much funner when you have people that you yeah. can just bounce ideas off vibe with and, and share ideas with. I love it. Talking about um, that journey of you know starting out and reaching out to people, saying hi, creating a little like community of people. You've been doing this since 2017. Now this has been like you finished university, and then you know you were just talking before about how you got your one first job, and it was like an amazing client. I'd love to touch on for those women out there who are wanting to, you know, transition from maybe studying to business or maybe they're, you know, have a career and they're wanting to take their their side hustle, you know, full time and make it their plan A. Let's talk a little bit about that transition for you personally in your business journey. Was it easy? Was it hard? Was it like, like, what was it like for you and what did that transition look like? So, um, my transition is actually quite unique because I had, as I said, like the corporate job, um, which I guess most people are in that position now, but I was actually made redundant a few months before I decided to start my business. So the transition was kind of forced upon me, although I was very happy because I'd worked for the company for a long time. And at 22, a redundancy package is (laughs) not a bad thing to get. Um, but ultimately I do work with a lot of people who are making that transition from the nine to five job. And my opinion is, I guess, very different to what I think a lot of other people in the industry would say. You know, a lot of people do say, just kind of take that leap. It's all right. Like the jump in the net will appear. And well, I think that's okay. And taking risks is so important. I see so many women who do that and then actually end up resenting their businesses because they're not coming at it from a place of joy and experimental fun. They're coming at it a place from desperation and they're like, I need to make money now. And whilst that may work for a lot of people, specifically women, it usually doesn't. They project a lot of desperate energy out into their audiences and it kind of has this, I guess, tainted feel to everything that they do. My suggestion to anyone who is thinking about them making that transition is do it comfortably. Do it in a way that's going to feel just great for you. Like put your attention into building the business until you literally have so much to do and you're, you know, the finances are matching that that you can physically no longer work in your job. And mm-hmm. so, you know, I think obviously like we were saying before, they feel maybe stressed, overwhelmed, I don't have the time and stuff like that. But I think we can if we take a step back and audit our time a little bit more, we probably have a lot more than we think. And so until we physically like to the point where there's no more hours in the day, including sleep that we can't work and the finances will allow it. I think that's when we should kind of wait and to make that leap. And um, one of my friend Ruby's who Ruby, who is a side hustle coach often talks about this concept of a financial runway. So I think to make the transition quite easy as well. One thing that you should do is really get yourself comfortable with the savings. Like from your full-time job, you actually have the luxury of having an income that's going to not only fund your business, but your lifestyle whilst you have this fun experimental, you know, time to just make money in a good positive way in your business, but also just be putting and borrowing away some of that money aside so that when it comes time to make the long 
bump, the jump into your business, you are, again, a little bit more comfortable and you don't have to have this kind of pressure of like, I need clients now. I need to make money now. I need to attract finances into my business now. It's all just come from this place of joy, vision, passion, and then the money kind of follows that. Again, I'm speaking quite generally here because I know some people maybe need that kind of kick off the butt. Maybe you're an ultra procrastinator and it's like if you've got the comfort of of your job, maybe you won't ever start. And that's a different conversation in itself. But for most people, specifically women being that, you know, some of us have families, kids, et cetera, et cetera, uh, just do it in a way that's going to allow you to live and live your life and then also build your business in a way that's joyful and fulfilling for you. I love that. You know, um, Loz and I are so passionate about this subject, Erin, and I love that you just brought it up and that the conversation has ended up here in terms of savings. Um, There are so many women or not just women, men and women out there who just have no concept around saving and they, they don't have that you know, that fund that's for a rainy day and something that we definitely teach all of our girls that we mentor in business about how the importance of saving and, you know, before you spend anything that comes in, you've got to put 10% aside and it's not to be touched. It's not like saving for the holiday. It's not saving for the handbag or it's not saving for those materialistic things. It's literally for a rainy day and you do not touch it. And, um, Loz and I both do the same thing. We have an account and it's called Do Not Touch. And that means do not touch it. And I love teaching people about this concept, especially people going into business, because for me, for a really long time, I had no concept on savings. I didn't have any. I had a maxed out credit card and absolutely no savings at all. And I think as business owners, we really need to dive into some knowledge around financial literacy and and I guess earning the right to invest um, when we've got money that we can invest in, whether it's like in property or shares or whatever it might be. But as well for people who are doing that side hustle, I see it happen a lot. Like, you know, you might be earning $4,000 at your, your job a month and people are like quitting their job when they're not even earning that much in the hope that just because they're quitting their job, it's going to make them get more clients, get more revenue, get that happening. And then you see it crumble and it's kind of like, well, hold on a minute. Like we need to make really smart decision here about moving that going that step forward and transitioning into full-time. And I love that you just brought it up. (laughs) And I I love that you guys teach on that because I think whether you're motivated or a value of yours is money or not, this is such an important concept for people to have a grasp on because I'm not necessarily someone who's motivated or has a lot of value in actual money per se, but ultimately at the end of the day, the thing that we're all chasing is joy. And whether or not you believe money brings you happiness or not, it brings you a crap load of stress. Excuse sorry. <laughs> Hopefully no one gets wonder about it. But yeah, it's all good. But right, you know, if you don't have a lot of money or if you have no security around money, then how can you think about showing up as the best version of yourself and being happy every single day when you're buried under a mountain of stress? Mm. So even if you are on the in the pursuit of happiness, at least the least thing that we can do for ourselves is to 
mitigate the stress around finances. Yes, okay, having a lot of money might not be the thing that ultimately brings you happiness, but you're much closer there if you don't have that financial stress, specifically as entrepreneurs, and that's what I was trying to say before, you know, building a successful passion-driven, mission-driven, tribe-driven business is going to be completely tainted by the fact that all you're focused on energy because you've got bills coming in, you've got, you know, mouths to feed yourself uh, or, or a family, that, that, that comes first. It comes first to trying to build this passion-driven, fuel, mission, vision-driven <laughs> business, right? <laughs> Feeding yourself and clothing yourself and putting a roof over your head, it comes first. It's the bottom of the hierarchy of needs. And so do yourself a favor and, like you said, educate yourself on your finances, save some money, so then we can work our way up into those sweeter joys of life. Mm. Yeah. And I think it starts with us women who do have influence and who are working in business to talk openly about it because it does feel so taboo for a lot of women starting in business that they don't feel comfortable to ask questions or get mentorship around it when money in today is just an exchange of energy you're in business, you're going to hope you're getting some kind of exchange or the value that you're adding. So um, it's okay to talk about it. It's okay to want money in return for all the value and you making the world a better place because you need that. So you can quit your stupid nine to five that you don't enjoy so you can invest all your love and time into helping more people and making a big impact. So I'm so glad we got to make space for that conversation today. Yeah, I love that. I love that. Absolutely. And so conscious of our time too, do you have any tips or tricks and Erin or any last words of wisdom that you'd love to share for girls who may be starting? They are in that side hustle mode where it's not a full-time income yet. They maybe don't have a massive tribe or audience. If that's where they're currently at in their business, what advice would you give to those girls or men tuning in? Yeah. yeah, so figure out your vision and your values first. Honestly, at the end of the day, I think where so many people start is like, I've got to learn how to do a funnel or I need to learn how to do this. And the thing that I see most people struggling with because they haven't done the foundational work is that they lack in consistency, not only in like content creation, but over time they just get a little bit muggy with their their mission and their message and all of that. The, the brands and the businesses that I see thriving are the ones that right from the beginning, they knew who they were, they knew what they were about, and they were almost magnetic to their tribe and their customers and the business success because they were so strong and standing in that vision. You know, marketing's changing. It's not, it's not just about you know, it used to be about telling the consumers what they wanted and then it used to be a response to what the consumers wanted. Now the companies that thrive or the people that thrive in business are the ones that stand strong in their vision and and, and almost stand still and then they, they attract people towards them because their message and what they're trying to achieve is so strong, it's irresistible. And so right from the very beginning, yes, okay, like hire a mentor, get your finances in order, amazing, all that stuff that we've spoken about today. But if you want a successful business, if you want a successful brand online, figure out what you're all about, figure out what that bigger vision is, figure out what the mission is that you're here to do and just be relentless in the pursuit of making that happen. I love that. Mic drop. You you are talking our language. I mean, my mic's on a stand, but (laughs) theoretically. Thank you so much for your time, Erin. Seriously, this has been one of my favorite episodes. I think I say that for every episode, though, but I just wanted to say that you... They all get better over time. They do. They feel like it. 
You are seriously setting such an incredible example online and the online space in building business and really showing people how to do this really authentically with heart and passion and vision. You've got such an incredible mission. You're so knowledgeable. We just want to say thank you so much for jumping on and chatting with us today. We have learned, I've learned so much. I've got so many pages of notes. Uh, honestly you guys it's my absolute pleasure yeah just like you know I love love, there's nothing means more to me obviously I've spoken about tribe and I could harp on this about forever but just deep and meaningful conversations with amazing people it will keep me going forever so I appreciate your time as well thank you and just for our listeners who maybe don't follow you or don't know of you where can they find you what's where what's the best platform for them to hang out with you yeah, so probably over Instagram. I'm literally Erin May Henry all over the internet. Erin Henry was way too boring, so I decided to use my middle name as well. Um, YouTube, Facebook, Instagram, absolutely anywhere you can find me, Erin May Henry, or The Game Changer Company, which is my business, same thing. It's just The Game Changer Company everywhere. Amazing, hon. We'll make sure we'll pop all of your links um, in our show notes. Again, thank you so much for being on the Babes Talking Business podcast. We so appreciate you. Thanks for having me. We hope you love this episode of BTV Podcast, guys. We're loving bringing you these episodes because our mission is to share and add value to your week. Whether you're a budding entrepreneur with a little side hustle, passion project, or you're a veteran in the owning your own business game. Don't forget, if you're loving our podcast, we would absolutely love for you to rate us and drop us some love with some five sparkly stars on the iTunes app. We want to do something really cool and exciting as well. We want to do a shout out of the week on our Instagram for anyone who reviews us. So if you do give us a shout out, don't forget to link your Instagram handle and all your website so we can share you with our tribe. Don't forget, you can follow us on Instagram by heading over to at Babes Talking Business or you can check out our website at www.babestalkingbusiness.com where we have loads of information about what we're all about and all the events that we have coming up all around the world that you can be a part of, whether it's online or offline. Links for all of the above are in our podcast notes. Um, And we just want to thank you so much for tuning in. We're so grateful to have you here, a part of the BTV tribe. Much love.